It's time to explore and find the answers you've been searching for with the new 2023 Data Dive data sets. The MGMA Provider Compensation and Production data set is one of the most comprehensive data sets in the industry, providing hospital and physician-owned practice data and compensation benchmarks for medical directorship, on-call, academic, and starting salaries. The 2023 data set represents nearly 190,000 providers from 6,800 groups spanning 250 specialties. With this valuable data, you can attract and retain the highest quality providers, drive more revenue through productivity, and keep costs contained. Learn more by visiting mgma.com slash data dive. Healthcare is complicated, but you don't have to navigate the complexities alone. Care Allies collaborates with physician organizations to solve some of the toughest challenges on the path to value-based care. As your organization works to effectively manage your more vulnerable patient populations, enhance outcomes, and improve data analytics, Care Allies brings the people, technology, and processes to support you so you can focus on practicing medicine. Visit careallies.com to see how they can help to radically simplify value-based care. All right. Hi, everyone. This is Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA. We are back with another episode of MGMA's Ask an Advisor. We're joined by Christy Good, Senior Advisor with MGMA. We have had several Ask an Advisor episodes. And just to remind everybody, um, just give us that little elevator pitch of what Ask an Advisor is. And I know we've switched over to a new website. Has any of that changed on how people can connect with you if they do have a question at their practice? Uh, yes, we actually just changed um, um, our process a little bit and it's going to be Ask MGMA. And when you go to pose a question to Ask MGMA, you have drop downs. So depending on what your question might be, um, you may be routed to customer service, you may be routed to our government affairs group, or you might be routed to ask an advisor, um, myself and a couple other colleagues that answer those questions. Um, and then sometimes consulting. So we have a variety of places now that it's kind of uh, MGMA, and then you'll be routed based on what your question type is, um, whether you get myself or one of my colleagues. Okay, great. And then are they, do you go um, onto the website? Do you go into the MGMA chat area? Are there different ways how you can access Ask an Advisor? Right now, it's going through our website. Um, but if you were to call, just as any time um, previously, if you were to call either um, MGMA, the customer service, they are happy to route you to us. So a phone call is also appropriate. Um, the website's a little quicker because you can put your question in. Um, someone can look at it and route it to the appropriate person 
or it can come right to me depending on what the question is and what you're looking for. So I think the website's a little quicker than the phone calls, but phone calls are another way to get to someone that can help you um, okay. get what you need. And these are, it's a free benefit for MGMA members, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. So each time when we meet for this Ask an Advisor show, uh, we connect with you to find out what the MGMA members are asking you. I know that you had shared some thoughts with me that we're really looking today at understanding modifier 25 and modifier 57 in medical billing and coding. So just give us an idea about this. What happened? Is is this something that you're getting a lot of questions about or what's happening with these two modifiers? We've actually had a number of questions come through regarding modifier 25 and um, primarily denials around modifier 25. Um, some have been through Cigna, um, but any anyone can deny, of course. Um, so a couple members have brought up that they're seeing more denials in modifier 29 or 25. We try to help them kind of troubleshoot perhaps why they might be seeing such denials, as well as how to get those corrected or how to um, improve their processes so they do not see those denials. Um, so well, I'll me, go, go ahead, Let me sorry. just jump in. Yeah, no, I don't want to interrupt you, but I want to just jump in. I, I just realized I know that our listeners are well steeped in uh, medical practice, uh, billing and coding. Maybe they want to uh, have better outcomes there. They want to get better um, efficiency in handling some of these things. But let just in case, let's go ahead and first uh, define modifier 25, and then maybe you can provide us a scenario with modifier 25. And then I'll ask you about modifier 57. So let's start with that modifier 25. Tell us what it is, when it comes up uh, in that coding and billing. Absolutely. Um, so the modifier 25 is used to signify that a significant and separately identifiable evaluation and management, so an ENM service, was performed by the same healthcare provider on the same day as another procedure or service. That's the key significant and separately identifiable. And it serves really to highlight that that e service was distinct and separate from the associated procedure or service provided for that day. Okay. And I know so, everyone's like, what does that mean? Yeah, what does so, that mean? <laughs> so I have a good scenario. Okay. Um, it's more for OBG, but any you can we can use it anywhere. Um, so for instance, if a patient comes in and visits their OBG for a routine prenatal checkup, which is an EM service, and also undergoes a fetal ultrasound, which is a procedure, during the same encounter, the OBG would use a modifier 25. The modifier indicates that the EM service that was the checkup was separate. Mm -hmm from the fetal ultrasound, the procedure, um, and justifies the separate reimbursement for both services. Okay, you were mentioning that this is, it can come up maybe in the scenarios where you have received some Ask an Advisor emails with Cigna. What's going on there with denials? Are they, what's happening? And, and we can well, get the to the problem. For yeah. any of this is to make sure that one, you're using that modifier correctly. Like okay. I said, for the modifier 25, it's separate 
and identifiable. Identifiable. Okay. So that's your key. And mm-hmm. you have to have good documentation of that. So you have to um, not only know that you have done two separate identifiable um, events like the ENM and the procedure, but you also need to be able to document that. So your document is crucial. So any payer can come in and say, you did not have documentation that you needed to do that um, procedure. Mm-hmm. You didn't say that it was meaningful and needed in in your visit today. So we could deny it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you that's why you have to have your documentation and you need to prove that it was um, separate. So you didn't just come in and do the procedure and now you're just charging for the ENM as well. Key is you need to document both of those. Okay. So let's switch gears to modifier 57. And then in a moment, I'll ask you when these two can be used, perhaps even together. But first, let's define this modifier 57. What can you tell us about it? The modifier 57 is used when the ENM service leads to a decision to perform surgery. So it's not in in the um a procedure that was separately identifiable, but it's leading to a decision to perform surgery. So it is appended to the ENM code to indicate that decision-making process resulted in a major surgical procedure. Okay. And a scenario in that case would be, so a patient, again, coming to the OBG um, might have severe abdominal pain. Um, after evaluating the patient's condition, the OBG determines that immediate surgery is necessary to move to an ectopic, to remove an ectopic pregnancy. Um, so in this case, the scenario, um, the OBG um, provider would use modifier 57 to indicate that the patient came in for the ENM service, you know, checking on the abdominal pain, mm-hmm. but now they have to run them to surgery, a decision for surgery. Um, needs to happen. And that would be when you use the 57. So the modifier supports the reimbursement for the ENM service and then underscores the significant decision making involved to go to that surgery. Okay. So this modifier 57, if I'm following you, it sounds like there could be some situations where this is misused. Do you do you have some scenarios or am I just way off base there by thinking no, it could be I, I do think people people do misuse the 57 um, sometimes. So a couple common situations, the first one, like say a surgical decision is made, but the physician continues to round with the patient daily until the surgery can be scheduled and completed. The surgeon should not add a modifier 57 to the last ENM prior to the surgery as the decision for surgery was not being made um, at that moment in time, right? It was okay. made prior to. Oh. It had already been made. Got it. So we wouldn't use that 57 there. They would still go to surgery, but we wouldn't use it. Um, also, in most instances, the same day ENMs, they're bundled into surgery. So if the problem was addressed, you would just use a modifier 25. Um, you could, but it the 57 is really for that same day decision made surgery. Okay. Um, and and then you also you don't use a 57 like in that first case with the 25 with the um, OBG fetal ultrasound. Um, you wouldn't use a 57. Um, you would use a 25 because the procedure has a zero or a 10 day global period. 
And and so procedures with that zero or 10 day global period can be separately reported using a modifier 25. Again, if there's significant and separably separatively identifiable um, procedure. For sure. So I know that my head's spinning and I've got notes in front of me with using <laughs> modifiers 25 and modifier 20, uh, 57. So let's just take a deep breath, you know, and I know, everybody. Right? <laughs> and then uh, the next question then for Christy is when you use them in tandem or use them together, what are some situations or what is a scenario where they would be used in conjunction? So going along again with our same OBG situation, um, let's say a patient comes in to the OBG with abnormal uterine bleeding. Um, after conducting the ENM service, so the office visit, the OBG provider determines that a diagnostic hysteroscopy procedure is necessary to investigate the cause. Okay, so now we've gone into investigating the cause. During that same encounter, that OBG decides that the findings from that hysteroscopy necessitated a more extensive surgical intervention. So they came in with uterine bleeding, they get the procedure done to investigate, and now based on that investigation, they need um, extensive surgical intervention. Um, so in that case, you could use the modifier 25 to identify the separate ENM service and then and the procedure and then the modified 57 to indicate that there was a decision to perform surgery on that day was made. So both modifiers would be appended to the appropriate ENM and the surgical procedure codes respectively. Okay. So as we're winding down here in this discussion, let's you mentioned something earlier about the importance of documentation. So let's go over that. What can you share with our listeners about that uh, documentation and why that is so vital in making sure you get this right? Sure. Um, so that it is crucial, you know, to really adhere to those specific coding guidelines and the requirements of your payer when utilizing modifiers. That's where you're going to see if you're not following the rules by your payers and you're not following the coding guidelines, that's when you're going to see your denials. Um, and you should be watching for those denials. When, um, when you look at your reasons for denials, you should be seeing if it's a modifier or if it's something else, and you should be working those um, denials. You should also be following up with those payers because if you feel your documentation is correct and they're saying no, you need to come to an understanding what is missing so you can mm -hmm. get those denials corrected because just writing those off or ignoring them is not going to make it go away. Payers will continue to deny. And so you need to be on the same page with your payers as well. And then make sure that your documentation provides clear support for the use of those modifiers. You need to outline the distinct services provided and the decision-making process involved. So when you have accurate and thorough documentation, that's usually what helps you avoid those um denials or any audit concerns okay so that's really the key i mean modifiers and 50 modifiers 25 and 57 are very valuable to medical billing and coding so that you can show that you did separate services from your mm -hmm. e m visit um so it's very important to know when to use them and how to use them correctly 
and then to document correctly so that okay. you don't have those denials on those two modifiers. That That is great information. So uh, remind us again then, Christy, this is just such a valuable resource, Ask an Advisor is, for the MGMA member community. Uh, tell us again how people can get in touch with you. So they, I hope our listeners here, please take advantage of this. Ask Christy, uh, she can verbally uh, share those answers with you, or we can have our own and, um, you know, go over this in another episode of uh, the MGMA Ask an Advisor podcast. So how would they get in touch with you one more time? Sure, you can go to our website and go to Ask MGMA and then put in your information and um, pose your question and pick what what um, area that your question is in. So yours would be, this would be maybe documentation risk management, and it would come to the appropriate person, ask an advisor, um, or you can do a phone call and and ask to speak to someone from our ask an advisor group directly. Um, and then I will also send you some resources, Daniel, that you can add okay. as links. Um, we are going to be putting out uh, another little tip, helpful tip sheet with some of these scenarios to help kind of solidify this in your brain. When do you use them and when do you not? And um, that'll be coming out soon as well on our website. So our website okay. has a bunch of great resources. If you just went to our search site and typed in like modifiers or you type in billing and coding, um, you'll find some articles there as well. But I will send them to you so you can link to the podcast. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again uh, for joining us. This is uh Christy Good, she's MGMA senior advisor and manages the Ask an Advisor, I, I guess, platform that's out <laughs> there. It's a service for MGMA members. So, Christy, thank you for joining us again. Thank you. And I look forward to helping um, share more knowledge. So, feel free, anyone, to send in questions or reach out to us. That's great. All right. Well, we will sign off now. This is Daniel Williams, senior uh, senior. I'm not an advisor. I'm a senior <laughs> editor at MGMA. Uh, I'd like to be an advisor someday, but um, that's Christie's uh, purview there. So uh, we will sign off. But uh, thank you, everyone, for continuing to listen to the MGMA podcast. And please reach out to us and we will get those uh, questions answered. So thanks so much. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.